0: Good morning, everybody. It looks like it's 10 o'clock, which means it's time for first word, and we will go ahead and get started in the lesson today. Um, Just a couple of things, and I want to get into my lesson pretty quick because um, it's going to be all I can do to get through it in 40 minutes, and I'm betting that I can't, but I will get the main points out that we need to have, I'll tell you that. A couple of things. One, I just want to make a comment about the growth in our church. Um, Even to somebody as obtuse as myself, uh, it's quite obvious that things are happening here. And I just, I want to say this, I'm going to move on. Uh, God's in that, or it wouldn't be happening. I just, I'm going to leave it there. But the spirit behind it and the spirit that's driving it is right. The other thing is that I really want God to move this morning in this. And, and I'm serious. I, I have been in prayer about this for around three weeks. And uh, I feel like, I mean, I know, and I, I, that's not an arrogant statement. I know that everything I want to bring you this morning has been given to me through prayer and reaching to God. But I want this to be more than just, I'm going to get up here and, and say some things. I want this to get a hold of somebody. I want, I want our thinking to be changed. Okay, because it's changed my thinking on some of this. And in a very, some very deep and very, you know, just ways that you wouldn't expect. And so, we're in the God's Amazing People series, and I'm going to talk about Hannah. And if you've ever really read about her and looked at her, there's, there's a couple of chapters in the Bible, 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2, that talk about her. That's it. That's all you get. And I've read it, um, you know, multiple times. And if you're not careful, what you'll see in that is there was a woman who couldn't have any kids. She had a pretty hard go of it. She prayed. God blessed her with a child. He became the prophet. God used him mightily. Chapter three, move on. That's the historical account. That's also the surface overview. What I've found is there's a whole lot more in there that pertains to me, pertains to you, and a whole lot more. I'm talking about eye-opening stuff that you you just you read through there, and if you're not careful, you walk on, you miss every bit of it. Because I know I've done it several times. Now let's get on to Samuel. Let's get on to what went on with Saul and David and all that kind of stuff. Now wait a minute, time out. Let's go back for a minute. So I'm going to read um, a couple of scriptures. I'm going to read 1 Samuel chapter one. I'm going to read verses one through two and verse five. Okay, and I'm also going to read Micah chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. So there's going to be a little bit of reading up front here, but it sets the stage for what I want to do. So again, 1 Samuel 1, 1 through 2, and then verse 5, and then Micah 6, 6 through 8. And this is what it says. Now there was a certain man of Ramatham Zaphim of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. Now you tell me why all those names had to be in there, and I had to pronounce them. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah and the name of the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Now look at verse 5. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. If, and I'm not, I don't want to get ahead of where I'm going, but if you're not real careful, when you read through that account, you're going to think, oh, she's barren. She's not barren. The Bible says the Lord closed her womb. She was a fully fertile female, but God said, you're not going to have any kids right now. And that's important. That's an important piece of where we're going to go with this. In Micah, verse 6, it says, and, and, and listen to what this says, because this, this, this is sort of the cart before the horses, but it doesn't matter. You don't, you don't know the in-between, so it's, it'll be all right. It says, what shall I come, excuse me, with what shall I come before the Lord and how? And bow myself before the high God. Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Verse 7, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He's just laying out some things. You know, what's God looking for is what he's asking. What, 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 what does God want out of me? For my life what 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 do i need to do i mean i think that's a really important question now look at what verse 8 says it says he has shown you he being god oh man what is good and then it says what does the lord require i kind of want to know that you know what does the lord require but to do justly to love mercy and to walk humbly with your god to do justly, that's just to do right. To love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Now, that, that scriptures for a long time had a real close place in my heart. Because I think that you can sum a lot up in what God's looking for in a man or a woman by what that scripture gives. And what you're going to find, and this is, this is what got me. When you look at Hannah's life, if you really study it, that's what she did. That's the way she walked with God. And that's what God desired. And he blessed her for it. Hannah's story, and I don't mean this in the wrong way, it's a historical account. It's not about Samuel. It's not about setting the prophet up for Israel. It's about a woman's attitude and mindset and walking with God regardless of circumstances and how that is applicable to us. That's what it's about. So a little bit about her background. The name Hannah means grace or mercy, which I think is pretty interesting. The only mention of her in the entire Bible that I could find is in those two chapters. Now, her husband, Elkanah, had two wives, Hannah and Penina. And apparently, Hannah was the preferred one of the two. Uh, from what I could find in studying, Hannah likely was the first wife. And because, you know, it appeared that she was barren, it is likely that Elkanah took Penina as the second wife so that he could bring up some children. And she had lots of children. The Bible tells us that. Okay? Now, in Eastern culture... To be a wife without bearing children has always been regarded not only as a matter of regret, but as a reproach, which could lead to divorce. In, in Eastern culture, in their culture, not being, not being able to bear children was a problem, okay? And it was regarded as, you know, on the woman. And so uh, for Hannah to be in that situation already put her in a precarious place in her mind. Even though Hannah loved her, she knew the culture and she knew the possibilities of what could happen. now when okay one of the things I want to do is I want I I did this I'm not a female but it it doesn't matter try to put yourself as we go through this in Hannah's shoes you know one thing I will tell you that it's it's really easy to sit back and look at a situation and make judgments about it I'm good at that but If you've ever heard the saying, you know, you don't know until you walk a mile in somebody's shoes, you really don't. And so when you get in their position and you walk in their footsteps, you realize, you know, maybe I was a little harsh. Maybe I really didn't understand. Maybe what they went through was tough for me to go through, too. Okay, and that's what we're looking at here. Um, You know, her marriage, her social standing, her well-being were potentially in jeopardy. Then she had to deal with a constant Continual ridicule, ridicule, and a just a harshness from the other wife. I mean, that was a rival who had kids, who had that with her husband, and she never left Hannah alone about it. Okay, the Bible talks about this in First Samuel one six through seven. It says, and her rival, that's Penina, also provoked her to provoked her severely. Severely. I mean, it wasn't just a little bit of casual teasing. It was continuous, and it was intense. I mean, daily, probably. Anytime it could be brought up, she rubbed it in her face. Okay? That's what that's dealing with. To make her miserable, the Bible says. So there was an intentional thing on Penina's part to attack Hannah. You know, let me just say this. God help me if it's an intentional thing in my heart to hurt somebody. God help me. Okay? Because the Lord, all because the Lord had closed her womb. In other words, Hannah couldn't help what was going on. She didn't have any control over that. You know, again, I better be careful what I say and what I think and what I do looking at somebody else's circumstances. They may not have any control over it. If they do, they may not be able to control it. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that, he, that she provoked her, therefore, she wept and did not eat. So this was a long-term situation that she dealt with every year, all year long, all the time. Every time it was possible for her to jab Hannah, she did. But here's the thing. Let's, let's start to break this thing open. I'm already, taking, I'm already going too slow. The first thing I want you to notice is that throughout, Hannah worshiped God. If you look at it, there's never a time in that entire account... Where she did not have a worshipful spirit. Now, guys, don't, don't, just, don't just let the words fall off of you. She was in a miserable, messed up, very precarious, tenuous position. But she worshiped God. I'd, I'd say I've gone through some stuff, but I don't know that I've ever gone through anything as severe as Hannah. Okay? But she worshiped God, she was obedient to the Lord. She never got angry or frustrated with God because of her circumstances. Think about that. How many, and don't, don't raise your hand, but how many of us have gone through some stuff and, and gotten a little bit flustered with God, and said, God, what's going on, man? I mean, I've, I've had some talks with God. I like, God, what are, what are we doing here? Well, Hannah didn't do that. I could learn from that right there. She never showed a bad attitude. She never quit on God. Never. I mean, it's not even alluded to that she did. And this is is not a, you know, we get, if you're like me, you get kind of frustrated when it's a couple of weeks going and and nothing's happened. And she went on with this for years and nothing happened. I'm going to talk more about that in a little bit. Okay, why, why, why? I mean, I had to ask myself, okay, so what is it about Hannah that, allowed this to happen. I mean, how, how do you do that? Because, I mean, I want to learn from that. I mean, I want to know so I can have that walk with God, right? Well, this is what, this is what came to me. One, she knew who God was. Well, oh, how do you know? Well, okay, if you read in, in, in the second chapter, um, she prays. That was in her heart before what happened happened. And, and I want to just read part of this because I want to point some things out. And Hannah prayed and said, this is 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. That means her strength is elevated in God. So she obviously was dealing with a situation where she needed the strength of the Lord. I don't think Hannah could have made it without God, okay? I don't think she could have endured what she did. So she says, my strength is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies. That means her attitude towards Penina was right. Ooh, come on. That's right. Come on. If you, you tell me, I'll talk to myself, you tell me that your attitude or my attitude is right when somebody comes against us. But her attitude was right. Because I rejoice in your salvation. She had the big picture. She knew that this was not forever. This is not my life. This is not where I'm going to be. She knew the end of all things. I'm going to be with him. And that kept her, it kept her in focus. It kept her perspective correct. Two says, no one is holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you, nor is there any other rock besides our God. Okay, so what she understands then is she understood who he was. She understood what he could do. She understood that he was God. That's really important. Verse 3, verse three deals with where I'm at. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. She had a sense of accountability. She knew, okay, not my way, but his way. I, I, Brother Paul, I've heard you say that a bunch of times, and I agree with it 100%. I want God's way, not my way. That's what Hannah's perspective was. God, you're the one calling the shots, not me. If you say this is where I need to be, that's where I need to be. Now, how many of us can, deal, can live like that? I could take some lessons from Hannah. Guys, I haven't even got into my lesson yet. I'm just on the surface. hmm The second thing is that she worshiped God at all times. Now, I've got scripture for that. I'm not going to read it. She worshiped God. That's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. I mean, it's just, you understand that. Okay, the last thing is she prayed and stayed connected to God. She never lost her connection with him, who was the source of her being able to live and go through that. Does it make sense? If I quit praying and I lose my connection to him, then everything's off. I'm in trouble. So she did all those things. Now, she, this is probably her on a level because they had, you know, some of the scriptures. But one of the things that absolutely hammered on me over this was I've got to have a love for the word of God. Okay, now I'm not going to give a a, a study on, you know, a Bible study on the Bible. I'm not going to do that because I just it's not germane to what I'm talking about. But this is not, oh, I just need to read my Bible and be committed to that. That's not what I'm talking about. i got to take, I almost didn't bring this because I have all my, all my information already you know, written down so I can see it. <laughs> but I, I don't want to come up here without this. Um, this book, um, I, I, this needs to become me. And, and what I felt in this was that I need to take the words that are in that book and make them the words that are who I am. I don't mean just, I understand the scriptures. I don't mean I just know where stuff is. I mean, it becomes the essence of who I am and how I live and how I think and how I do. And I can't, I cannot convey what I felt in that. Words are not gonna do it, but I've just, in my heart, I felt like God dealt with me and wanted this said that this needs to become who and what I am. It needs to reform my nature into his. And if it's not doing that, then I'm missing the mark. So two things came to me about this. And the first one is, if there's that much information about, and and like I said, we're just getting started, if in two, what was it, a chapter and a half, really, because chapter two deals a lot with some other things. If in a chapter and a half, there's that much information about a woman who is supposed to be somebody that I learned from for my walk. How much information that I need from God is in the entire Word. Think about that for a minute. If I can read those chapters and not catch all that, and go through the entire Bible, not catching things, I can go back and, and God give me some sense, and I look at that and I say, Oh my God, there's this and there's that and there's this and there's that and oh, that's all applicable to my life. How much in every passage, in every chapter, in every book, or in that word? Uh, more than it's it's a lot. Okay. And we need to read the whole Bible like that. We need to read the whole Bible going through there and finding out exactly what is applicable to me. Show me this. The second thing is that if I really want that information, I'm going to have to do it with the guidance of the Spirit of God. Because those things that God's given me for this lesson are God-given by the Spirit of God, not because I'm smart or because I'm a good, studious person or I know how to study. That's got nothing to do with it. That were thing, those were things that God dealt with me through prayer after reading the word. Right. That's where they came from. I'm trying to decide whether I want to go into this or not. I was going to read some scriptures. Um, I don't know if I've got time. I mean, let me touch on a little bit of it. Um, where I have gone wrong in my life whether I was in church or not, was when I didn't follow the the Word of God. Okay? I can track, I, I literally, I can backtrack to every instance in my life where I made a mistake or I did wrong or I handled somebody wrong or I did a wrong thing, and it's because I didn't apply what was in the Word of God to the situation. Now, is that because I was ignorant of what the Word of God said or because I just disregarded what the Word of God said? And both can play a role, you follow? I need to know what it says but then i've got to be willing to follow it and i'll I'll admit it's been a little of both sometimes and that's not right and it's gotten me into trouble i'm just being honest so let me let me read psalms 119 and 11. and you guys know this one it says your word have i hidden in my heart that i might not sin against you so so david wrote that and you know i thought it was interesting I wanted to look at what that word hidden meant because I know what the word means to hide, but a lot of times there's kind of a a deeper meaning in in there. Sometimes there's not. This is what it means. Um, It means to hide by covering over, by implication to hoard or reserve, specifically to protect, esteem, lay up, or keep privately or secretly. Now, that tells me something. That tells me that the word of God, I'm supposed to know it, but then I'm supposed to put it in here and let it work through me and in me to do what I'm supposed to do. It's mine. The word of God is mine. It's, I, mean, I don't mean this wrong. What, what it means to me needs to be what God meant for it to me. But it, it's not what it means to you. It's what God's doing with it in my world. With you, it's what God's doing with it in your life. But I've got to have it in here, and then I've got to let that work on me. That's what, he's, that's what that hidden means. It's not just I know the word. But I let God work on it in my life to follow. it. You know, in in Deuteronomy, it it talks about I'm just going to just say it uh, and and Christ. uh, He he quoted this in the Gospels when he was tempted by the devil. But the word says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I I mean, I've got to have it. And I mean, I know we know this, but I mean, I've got to apply it. It in the Psalms it talks about that uh, through his word we get understanding. And he says, therefore, and this is in this is in the 119th Psalm, and I'm not, I don't, I mean, I'll put it up there, it's 104 through 106, but I'm not even gonna read all of it. But it's through his word that we get understanding. That means, okay, if I have understanding and I have wisdom, which comes from his word, that means I know what I should do and what I shouldn't do, and it allows me to know the difference, it allows me to know how to conduct myself. So Hannah. She knew what she knew in God, and it allowed her to conduct herself even through some really messed up circumstances. In the Proverbs, it talks about, and you know this, I love the Proverbs, it talks about wisdom a lot. And it says that, you know, the beginning of wisdom is a fear of the Lord and that the wisdom comes from God and he'll give it to you. And it talks about the pitfalls of not following. There's a scripture in there that says, you know, if you're not going to hear my rebuke and you're not going to follow my word, there's a time when I'm going to laugh at your calamity. I'm going to mock at your circumstances. That's God talking. When a, whoa, whoa, time out, time out, time out. So that means there's an expectation by God to follow his word. And if we don't, there's consequences. And not just for my life, there's consequences for my walk with him. Hannah knew. I'm going to skip forward. I don't have time to keep doing with that. Hannah knew and served God, even though the desires of her heart had not been met. You think about that for a minute. She wanted kids. You can't tell me she didn't want children more than anything in the world. Coming, come on. If you went up to Hannah and you say, you know, I'll give you anything. What do you want? I want some kids. And you've got to understand, she wanted those kids for a long time, never got them. She still served God she still served him year after year attack after attack I get up in the morning I get hammered the same way I go to bed with it on my heart I get up the morning next morning it's the same thing day after day after year after year and she served God come on I mean can I do that would I do that if God so chose to let me do some things Hannah's attitude toward God was right. Even though her life was not what she wanted, she faced persecution and an open-ended situation that didn't seem like it would ever change. See, it it wasn't just the way she acted. In other words, she wasn't faking this. She wasn't putting on airs so that people around her would see, oh, she's got it all together. In her heart, she was actually living the life for God. So when, in other words, when nobody was around, she was living for God. When nobody, when her husband wasn't there, when, when others weren't there, when she wasn't at the, you know, it didn't go to the temple, the tabernacle, she wasn't there. She was living for God. Yeah. When no one was around. She never forsook God. She never forsook what she knew was Right. She could have. She could have said, you know what? I've had enough of this. You ever, you ever prayed that? God, I've had enough of this. Yeah, yeah. I've prayed it. Like, God, I need you to move yesterday. What are you doing? No, I mean, I'm serious. I'm not, I'm, I'm really serious about that. I mean, i prayed those kind of prayers. Why? Because my attitude wasn't right. Her attitude was right. She never abandoned the plan of God. She never walked away. She stayed true and committed to it. And guess what? God honored it. And when he was ready, he honored him. Hannah was up to this task because she was committed to God. And here's one of the things I want to talk about quickly. She had already made up in her mind she was going to live for God. She had made up that a long time ago. If my mind's not made up, I won't live it. I guarantee you won't live it. When I've had problems, it's because my mind wasn't made up. Hannah's mind was made up, she lived for God. That's why she did it. Guys, I'm really shortchanging you on this. I'm gonna skip all those scriptures. But long story short, the Bible says, to commit your ways to the Lord and trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. And he did. I'm just gonna summarize it next, I gotta move on. Okay, my mindset, my attitude needs to be like hers. God, you lead, I'll follow. I want your way, not my way. You're the shepherd, I'm the sheep of your pasture. You're the king and I'm your servant. You call the shots in my life, period. I may plan my way, God, but You are there always, directing my steps and my course. That means You can make changes if You want to. I surrender my whole being to You and wholly accept Your plan. My heart's desire and the commitment and prayer for my life must be as stated in Psalms 139. And He says, "Oh, sir, he's, This is Psalms 139: uh, 23 through 24. He says, "Search me, O God, and know my heart; try me and know my anxieties, and see if there be any wicked way in me." And he says, and lead me in the way everlasting. I believe Hannah did a lot of soul searching. I believe she did, allowed God to do some soul searching on her. But I think she never lost sight of the prize, and that is lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me, God. Just, I trust you to bring me where I need to go, wherever the course takes me. I'm just going to, very quickly, in Proverbs 14, 14 through 16, I'm not going to read all that, but I, I quoted Micah chapter 6, 6 through 8 at the beginning, and that's the way that a child of God is going to walk. And the Bible talks about, in Proverbs, the fool. Now, you know, you know, if you're like me, how many, how many of you ever read through the Proverbs and, and thought, you know, do I relate to the wise man or the fool? You start putting checks in the categories. And I get over there and I look at mine, I'm like, Wise man, check, check, check. Fool, check, 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 check. You ever do that? Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I feel feel much better now. I feel like I'm uh, among brothers and sisters. I appreciate y'all. But verse 16 says, A wise man fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. Now, that that word rages kind of got me, and I, I thought, man, what does that mean, a fool rages? I mean, I know what it means in the English language to rage, and that's not really what that means. It doesn't mean the fool gets all angry and crazy. I mean, that's part of it, but that's really not what that's talking about. I looked this up, and I studied this a little bit, and the word means to cross over or the way taken. In other words, it's your path, and the path of a fool is a path that the fool runs and walks and carries on on his own without God's direction. It's, it's, it's a path uh, of, and I'll come back to that. Uh, it's a path of self-confidence, shamelessness, immunity, and a mindset that does not regard God. I don't need God. I don't care about God. I got my own way. I'm doing it. There's a connotation in that word that it's a, a path of alienation, alteration, sinfulness and perversion, just a deviation from the path that God has laid out for a man or a woman, i.e. the path of the fool. You you understand, Hannah didn't walk that path. She walked the path of the wise, which the Bible says will bless you. All right, very quickly, I've got 10 minutes, y'all. You're gonna get the fastest 10 minutes you've ever got out of me. Just some points. Hannah was blessed by God even though her life wasn't what she wanted to be. You, you notice God provided for her. He gave her a good husband. He gave her a double portion. Her needs were met. Now, her life wasn't what she wanted to be, but God was still with her. He was still meeting her needs. Okay. Hannah, and, and I don't have time to get into this. I wanted to. Hannah made a vow to God that if, if he would bear, give her a male child, that she would give him to the Lord. And she did. And God honored that. But one, one note I have if you're going to vow to God, keep the vow. Because the Bible says he has no pleasure in fools that don't keep their vow. Had Hannah not kept her vow to give God Samuel, all it was done. And she would have never received the blessings that she received. And I'll come back to that if I have time. Okay. She stayed faithful to God even after God gave her what she wanted. I want you to think about something for a minute. How many of you have ever prayed, oh, God, oh, God, if you'll just do this for me, I'll do that. Or, oh, God, I'm going to do better if blah, 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 blah. Okay, and then you get get what you want from God. But do you go back and do you do what you say you're going to do? Or do you live for him like you said you were going to? Does it change anything? What I'm saying is Hannah didn't use God to get an answer. She lived for God. He blessed her with an answer, and she kept living for him. Okay, she was living for God, and the adversary came against her. Penina was the adversary. I mean, she may not have had a pitchfork and horns and all that kind of fun stuff, but she was the adversary. What do you? Th- I, Penina was a wicked woman. What do you think drove her to do that? Wickedness. I mean, you can't, you can't tell me that Satan didn't have some influence in that. The adversary came against Hannah, but she was living for God. Wait a minute, so I'm living for God? I'm not immune to that stuff. No. Am I going to live for God when the adversary comes against me? Can I? Do I I have enough Holy Ghost? I'm going to leave it there. Instead of being destroyed mentally and emotionally by a seemingly impossible circumstance, because it was, unless God did something, it was impossible. Hannah prayed her way through it. Now think about that for a minute. Okay, so she's got a messed up deal, and she prays her way through it. I mean, that's ultimately how she, she got through it is she lived for God faithfully and she prayed with faith and God answered. Now, why did God choose Hannah? God could have fulfilled his plan for Samuel with anybody, right? There's a lot of righteous Hebrew women. It wasn't just Hannah. You ever wondered that? What, why Hannah? I mean, you have a whole nation of people. They're not all backslid folks. They're, some of them living for God. Okay? Not everybody's backslid. The only thing that I could get out of this, and maybe this is a little bit of God and a little bit of me, I don't know. Hannah was, uncom- Hannah was uncompromisingly righteous and faithful in honoring God with her life. Uncompromisingly. She wasn't just righteous most of the time. She wasn't just faithful most of the time. She was going to be right. And she was going to be faithful regardless. God knew this. She wouldn't compromise. God knew that if he blessed her with Samuel, she wouldn't compromise on the vow. She had integrity in her walk with God. Okay? God knew she would do those things. Now, I want you to think about something. Um, so, my phone's being dumb. Um, you may, well. I guess if you have kids, this will mean something to you. If you don't, it won't, but. You have a kid. You know, God, I'm going to give you this kid to your service if you'll, if you'll bless me with this kid. So he gives you the kid. Okay, how many of you are going to walk over there and hand that kid to God and see that kid, what, once a few times a year? That's all she saw him from that point in time on. She weans him. She gives him to the house of the Lord. How many of you are going to keep a vow like that? Can God trust you with something like that? If God wants to move in your life, and I'm not saying a kid specifically. I'm just talking about something that means something to you. Can you give it to God? Can I give it to God? Well, I mean, what means more to a parent than their child? Nothing. I mean, there's nothing. She would have rather given herself to that than Samuel. But she said, no, God, I'm going to give you Samuel. Hannah's commitment to God was greater than her love of herself or her son. Can you demonstrate that kind of commitment to God that's greater than your love for yourself or someone you care about? I've asked myself that question a lot lately. God chose her for those reasons. He will choose us if we will be likewise. But if my heart's not right, he's not gonna do it. Have you ever gone through something And you don't see the workings of God in it. And you're just, you feel like you're running 90 to nothing. Nothing's happening. You're praying, trying to do right. And the situation's just, I I went through one of those kind of recently. And um, you're going through everything and you're trying to figure it out. You know, God never one time disclosed to Hannah that he was going to answer her prayer. He never told her his plan. He never did any of that stuff. I mean, she had some interactions with Eli, and he prayed for her, but God never disclosed anything about what was going on with Hannah. Now, you look at the things unfolding, God, hindsight's 2020. You can go back and see the hand of God and all of it after it's over. But what about when it's going on? Hannah still stayed the course. No evidence. I don't read where God came down and said, oh, Hannah, by the way, you're going to go through this, but I'm going to take care of it. He didn't say a word to her. Compromise. She didn't compromise with her walk with God. If I let circumstances cause me to compromise my walk with God, a little compromise leads to a lot more compromise. More compromise leads to I'm out of the church. It's real easy if you're not really grounded in God to let circumstances cause you, well, you know, God, God, this is just terrible. God's not really, eh, you know, I'm just going to go do this over here and do that and just let it go and do a little thing. I don't feel like going to church this morning. You know, I'm not going to read my Bible today. What's the point? The next thing you know, you ain't read your Bible in six months, you ain't been to the house of the Lord in six months. Then you got a problem. A little compromise leads to a lot of compromise. Hannah never compromised. Okay. Well, you know what, I'll just go in order. I won't make it all the way through, that's okay. God chose Hannah because of her unwavering faithfulness and commitment to him, period, end of story, okay? Um, God's going to choose me for the same reasons. God's going to use me for the same reasons. Now, God's going to reach, but if I really want to be in the plan of God, I better have that attitude in my walking with him. Now, this is something that, that got me. God, over the years in my life, has always been very faithful. He's always treated me with love. You know, you can read about the attributes of love, but he's he's always been kind and merciful, forgiving, just, fair. Inclining himself to me when I definitely don't deserve it. Merciful. True. It doesn't mean he didn't sometimes chastise me or correct me. It doesn't mean sometimes I didn't, you know, he didn't beat me around the head and shoulders a little bit and say, hey, bud, you're, you're not really where you need to be. I mean, thank God he did. But one of the things that hit me about this is when I'm, when I'm dealing with other people, I better show those same attributes to my brothers and sisters, to my children, to my wife, my husband, you know, whatever you have, to family members, to others. I better start in your house. You better proceed out to your brothers and sisters and to other people. If you're not gonna treat God, or excuse me, treat others. The way God has treated you, and I'm talking to myself, you need to find an altar somewhere and repent. Because you're automatically outside the will of God. And, I'm, I'm, and sometimes that's not easy to do, but the Bible says it's a requirement. Well, is that working in my heart or not? i got a minute. Very quickly. Why, I'm skipping, this is the last thing I'm going to talk about. Why did God close Hannah's womb? There's two reasons why. One, he wanted to work a plan through Hannah. And he wanted her to fulfill that plan. And he did that so she could and would fulfill the plan of God. Am I willing to let God close something up in my life or change something in my life or do something in my life so he can fulfill his plan with my life? whether it's pleasant to me or not. Okay? Now, you read in there, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, and I'm down. In, it's, in, it's in 2 Samuel, uh, I think it's, it's uh, or 1 Samuel, I think it's uh, 2.21. I'm going to paraphrase it. I think it's, it's verse 2 uh chapter 2 verse 21 he says and this is when she had other children he, it, the bible says that god visited hannah and she conceived and bore those other children apparently god still had her womb closed even after samuel i don't know if you've ever caught that or not but it took him visiting her again to have those other blessings now why okay and i'm not going to get into all the philosophy behind that but this is what i felt in prayer okay And God dealt with me about this, so I feel very strong about it. Some blessings that you're going to receive are only a result of your faithfulness and commitment to God. Those those additional children came from God because of Hannah's faithfulness and commitment to God. Okay? And those blessings only came from God. Okay? There's some things that you're going to get that only going to come from Him, and if you don't have Him in moving in you, and you don't have that faithfulness and that relationship with him, you can't have those blessings that he wants to give you. And that is why, in my opinion, that he did what he did with Hannah, is so that he could bring about his plan and use her for that, but bless her continuously with what he wanted to bless her. And the only way she could get the blessings was to live for God in the way she did. Otherwise, she's not getting it. I'm out of time, and so I'm done. We'll take a, take a short break and then we'll pick back up. He said the part I was coming up for. Why don't you stand to your feet for a moment? I'm take a minute and welcome somebody to the church this morning. We're thrilled to have you after everybody's moving a little bit slow. Looks like you had a little too much food, so here's the good news. You get to move around and work some of it off today. All right? And we're going to take a few minutes break. We're having a great day today. Thank you for being here. We're excited about a good day ahead.